0: It's real, easy to, it's real easy to fall into that same old mentality that we've always fallen into. Where we come in and we expect to receive an entertainment show. <laughs> it's real easy to come in because of the nature of, of what our society, especially our culture here in the United States, what we've done, we've, we've taken church to a large degree, and we've turned it into an entertainment venue, where if you don't entertain me, if you don't, if you don't tickle my flesh, if I don't feel warm and fuzzy all over, well, I ain't just going to come back, and that's, I'm not saying that some of that is not true, some of that is not that we don't need to do that, but the, the, the fact of the matter is that we come together as a body and as a family And I just think sometimes we gotta we gotta be on guard. Everybody say be on guard. I'm not getting on to you. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying be on guard because that spirit, that mentality, is prevalent in our culture. I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking, okay, we got to do, and we got to, we got all these things going on, and it's real easy to just go, you know, I'm gonna come to church, and I want to be entertained. And then I want to have somebody speak a word so powerful that makes the goosebumps stand up and I just run out of here and I'm all excited and then that's it. And that's not the nature of what he's called us to do. There is an anointing. There is a calling. There is a word of the Lord that he desires for us to have this morning. And I believe I got it. I believe I know what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. But I'm pumping you up and getting you geared up so you'll believe with me because you could pull out of me what ain't even in there. You're gonna believe with me this morning. James chapter one. James chapter one. We didn't get to the message last week because the well the glory fell and we were all fell up in the glory. And and it's real here again, it's another thing too. It's real easy when you have another service that is not quite like the other service. It's real easy to go, well, what happened? Nothing happened. What happened this morning needed to happen. We've got to get to the next phase of what that glory is. What is it the Lord's trying to tell us this morning? So I want you to engage your hearts with me. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Now this is one of those memory verses that people don't like, especially the beginning of James. They don't put this on a sticky note and confess it. Count it all joy whenever you fall into various trials. No, people don't confess. We turn to that when we're in trials and we try to, you know, in the tears and in the sorrow, we try to make ourselves get happy in the midst of those trials. But this is one of those, one of those things that we don't put on sticky notes and, and put on billboards. But it is it or is it not the Word of God? So he talks about profiting from trials, He talks about, if you lack wisdom, ask God. He goes on to to talk about the difference between the rich and the poor and the proper perspective and humiliation and and humility. And he goes on to talk about loving God under trials. And he says this, he says, Let no one say when he is tempted that he is tempted by God, because God cannot tempt you. So he's doing all that stuff. And then he gets to verse 21. And he says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That's what we're doing this morning. Lord, we want to receive the implanted word of God into our souls, into our hearts, which is able to save our souls. And then he says, verse 22. will be blessed in what he does. We're starting a new series. We're starting a new uh, chapter that I believe the Lord wants us to camp on for a little while, and that's called Being Doers of the Word of God. It's interesting to me that he says, but after he said all that stuff, he says, and you would receive the Word of God that is able. Everybody say able. There's a difference between ability and actual accomplishment of that ability. There's a difference between being able to do something and actually the doing of it. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between saying I can bench press 350 pounds. There's a whole lot difference between saying it and actually getting underneath all that weight and doing it. There's a difference between saying I have the ability to run a marathon and then actually running a marathon. There's a a difference between having the ability. You and I can have all the ability in the world. I can't tell you how many people that I've seen in my life, and even recently, that have all the God-given ability and talent that God's given them, and they can do, I mean, amazing things, but they don't do it. He says, which is able. So we know that the Word of God is able to what? Save our souls. What is our soul? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. So if you're struggling with your mind, if you're struggling with I don't want to, and you're struggling with you cry or you're angry or you're frustrated, the Word of God is able to save all of that. It's able. But then he says, but. God puts a big but right there and says, but. Be Ye, it's what the the King James Version says. It says, but be ye doers of the word of God, and not hearers only, listen to this, deceiving yourself. Come on, now you helping me this morning, you believing with me? So much of the time in our lives, mine included, we're looking for another word. We're looking for another word. Lord, I want a word. I want a new word. Lord, I want a word. I know that speaker's rattling. Just ignore it. We're looking for a word. We're looking for another word. I want a new word. I want another word. But I hear, but, but the Lord's saying, why are you looking for another word when you ain't even been a doer of the word that you've got? I'm going to switch over here because they're, they're pulling on me. They're giving me feedback. Be ye doers of the word of God, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I've thought about that for many, many years. And I thought, Lord, what is the nature? And I was asking the Lord this morning, I said, what is the nature of deception? What is the nature? I know some things, I've said some things about deception, but what is the nature of deception? Because if he says that when I don't do this, I deceive myself, not only do I want to know what not to do to deceive myself, but I want to know what deception really is. The word deception comes from two Greek words. The first one means aside. It means implying error. It means wrongly. The second one means to exercise one's reason. So you put those two together, and it means to reason falsely or incorrectly about a truth or a not truth. So the nature of deception, I'm going to boil it down to you and make it simple. The nature of deception is thinking on things that are not true. So when you see the word, when you hear the word of God, and you hear it, and you see it, and then you straightway, the King James Version says, he straightway goes away and forgets what manner of many is. You're being a hearer of the word, but not a doer, and therefore you deceive your... Self. Everybody say self-deception is the most powerful deception. Now, I cannot speak. No, uh, I don't want to say that. I've done this long enough in this capacity as well as living my Christian life since I was a young boy. And I can tell you that from experience the most powerful deceptive tool that the enemy has is lies. We know that. Gets us to think on things that are not true. But do you know who the most powerful deceiver in the world is? Ourself. I've seen people in such great levels of deception. And when you talk to them and you counsel with them and you get to the bottom of it, you can trace it back to the fact that they knew what the Word of God said, but they didn't do it. They were here, but not a doer. Self-deception is the most powerful form of deception. Revelation says that the enemy was cast down, that he would deceive who is the deceiver of the whole world, meaning the known world that we know. He is a deceiver. He came on, and I thought about this. He came on, and the Holy Spirit said, how did, how did he deceive Eve? And I said, he didn't deceive Eve. As much as he presented a lie to Eve... And she chose to ignore what she had beheld, what the word of the Lord was, and she self-deceived herself into thinking what that lie was truth, Because she was not a doer of the word. I don't say that in condemnation to Eve. I'm not casting judgment on Eve. Because I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, there's plenty of things that I have seen in my life that I have not been a doer of the word of God. But you can't blame that on the devil. Now listen to me. Those of you that are mature in the Lord, I'm going to need your help this morning because this is not one of those running, shouting messages. This is one of those messages that we all need to hear. Stop blaming the devil for every deceptive thing in your life. Well, I was deceived. He's not... That powerful. This is all the enemy can do. And just write a lie. And all he can do is show you that lie. He can't make you accept it. He can't make you read it. He can't make you swallow it. He can't make you live by it. All he can do is walk around with a megaphone and go, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. And you and I have to choose to believe that lie, to grab that lie and to believe it. Or he says, you're going to go broke, you're going to go broke, you're going to go broke. And you choose, we choose to behold that lie and now we self-deceive ourselves because we believe that as truth. Let me give you Webster's. This all right this morning? Webster says to mislead the mind. How do you mislead someone? How are we mis- how do we mislead ourselves? Everybody in this room has deceived yourselves. You know what I'm talking about. You see something and you begin to negotiate with your spirit, man, about how you can get that thing or how you can do that thing or how it's all right to do that thing. Why do people fall into uh, adulterous affairs? We were in love. No, you weren't. You self-deceived yourself because the Word says one thing and you were not a doer of the Word. Listen to me guys, the more I've been studying this, the more I've been meditating on this all the last two weeks and I've been asking the Lord, the Lord said the power is in the Word. It's not just the Word, the power is in the doing of the Word. If you and I would make a lifestyle of doing the Word of God in every area of our life, James says we would be blessed in all that we do. I'm getting ahead of myself. It means to cause to believe what is false or disbelieve what is true. That's the nature of, that's what Webster says being deceived is. To impose on. Let me tell you something else too. This is interesting. Another definition of the word deceived means to cut off from expectation, to frustrate or disappoint. When you place... The expectation upon man and his flesh, that which you should place the expectation on God the Father himself, you set yourself up to be deceived. What do I mean? When you believe that your spouse or your children or your parents or your pastor or your elders or this big TV minister that's ministered to you all this life, you put the improper... Everybody say improper improper expectation upon that man and that man lets you down. Now you have been deceived. But have you really been deceived as much as you have self-deceived yourself? Ourself. I don't want you to feel like I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching to us. Ourselves. How many times have I placed an improper expectation on her And when it's not met, and that expectation's not met, now I become disappointed, and I become frustrated, and the Lord goes, well, why are you placing that expectation on her to begin with? Well, Lord, I look for my significance from her. You know, I value her, I love her, and I get my value and my worth from her, or I get my value and my worth from my children, and when your children let you down, and they let us down, now we feel like failure. Because we have disobeyed what the Lord has said for us and we have self-deceived ourselves. And the enemy not only presents you with a lie, but when when you grab the lie and you take the lie, he goes, it's okay. It's all right. You couldn't help it. You was deceived. You didn't know no better. Romans. Okay, so there's two types of deception. There's self-deception, and then there's the nature of Satan himself, which is the deceiver, Romans chapter 10. The Lord said there's two ways to be deceived. One is to know the Word and not do it, and the other one is to not know the Word, to be ignorant of the Word. Therefore, you can't do it. Therefore, you're deceived. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Everybody likes, everybody knows. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I find it interesting that there's nowhere in that verse where it says you've got to confess your sins. Where you've got to grovel and say, Lord, forgive me, I am a wreck, you know. Not to say that you should, but see, that's an act of your will. That's not something that God put a mandate on us. That is something that we come to God and we recognize that we are insignificant in and of ourselves, but that our significancy and our our worth has to come from something greater than ourselves. And so we confess you with our mouth and believe in our heart that you were raised from the dead and that you are Lord of my life, and then we saved. But how did we do that? For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Everything in our life is captured, activated, uh, grabbed a hold of, implemented. What's another word I'm missing? Embraced the same way salvation was. How did you get saved? You heard the word, you believed it with your heart, and you confessed it with your mouth. I have a challenge with people who don't confess Jesus as Lord of their life. Not that I want you to stand up and confess him because you want to do that for the show, but when the pressure's on and people are looking at you, are you a Christian? And it's like, mm, well, I go to church. Yeah, yeah. No, yes. You ain't. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. So the word of the Lord came, but how did it come? How did every one of us in here get born again? For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Now, verse 14, you ready? How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? There are millions and millions and millions of people out there that have never heard the truth of God's word, So they are deceived. How can they do the word that they've never heard or never seen or never experienced? And how shall they believe in him and who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Listen to me. Let me stop you right there. When the word preacher comes up, what are you thinking? Be honest with yourself. Are you thinking of me or are you thinking of yourself? How then shall they hear without a preacher? See, preacher. How shall they hear unless you, Pastor Preacher Lawrence Thomas, go tell him. That's not what he's talking about. Um, how great is the feet of them that preach the gospel? Uh, Jesus himself said what? Go ye into all the world and what? How many preachers we got in the house this morning? <clears throat> the other, okay, thank you for 12 of you raising your hand. How many preachers do we have in the house this morning? How? How shall they believe on him and whom they have not heard? How shall they hear unless they be sent? And how shall they be sent without a preacher? How beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace. Peace, peace, peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. When's the last time you heard a preacher preach peace and good things about things that were going to happen? Good tidings. Everybody say, I'm a doer of the Word of God. So there's two ways to be deceived. Self-deception and the deception of ignorance. You don't know. You don't know. I've had people say, I never knew that. Well, now you do. So the enemy can't deceive you no more. This is what Webster says. All deception is, is a misapplication of the established signs used to communicate thoughts. Deception is turn left here, (laughs) at the next light, turn left. And so you turn left and it goes rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. At the next light, turn right. Continue three quarters of a mile and your destination will be on the left. And you go and you do and you go three quarters of a mile and then you go a mile and you go a mile and a half and you're like, where's the destination? Rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. That's the nature of deception. It's misleading us in that science. Okay, well, all you got to do to be successful in life, mm, Lord, help me not to throw that man under the bus. There are people out there who said all you got to do to be successful in life is get a hold of yourself. No, you need to kill yourself. You need to die to yourself. He said anyone who desires to live life and to have life must first die. If anyone desires to save his life, let him lose it. The secret to success is in losing our life. Not in your ability to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Not in your ability to get up every morning and speak positively to yourself. The ability of you in doing your life, doing what God's called you to do, is in God. It's in him. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Declare. I don't want no credit. I don't want no one to look at my life and go, look what he did. No, shut your mouth. Look what he did. Yes. I don't want it. And it tries to creep up on me. It tries to creep, uh, it tries to keep creep up on all of us. You know, that's pretty right there. Look what I did. We were putting roof on my house. Tin roof. It's real easy to look back and go, man, that looks good right there. But not for the grace of God would that thing just look like this. And the wrath of my wife, who goes, that third panel to the right is Crooked. Self-help. No, this is, what you, this is all the help you need right here. Let me tell you something about self-help. You know where they got self-help from? The Bible. Well, you got to speak po- tell them, Grant. Tell them, Miss Carol. You got to speak positive to yourself. What's the Bible say? Power, life, and death is in the tongue. That ain't no new thing that you done, done figured you're gonna wake up every morning and you got to think positively and speak positively. You will wear yourself out and die of exhaustion if you have to do that to yourself. No, you wake up because the power of your life comes from the power of His death in our life, and we tap into that. And now, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's not us, it's Him. I tap into that. Lord, I can't do this. Lord God, Jesus, I can't do this. I need your strength. I, six years ago, I never pastored before. I still don't know what I'm doing. All I know is what he tells me to do, and I try to do it. And anybody who says, I got this figured out, you on your own on that one. Now, I've had people, Pastor L.A., who has pastored for... 30, almost 40 years, pastored for 40 years, has said to me, if anybody could say, I got this figured out, it would be Pastor L.A. You know what Pastor L.A. says to me? He says, now Lawrence, I tried this and it didn't work. I go, note to self, don't do that. I told somebody a long time ago, how do you know how to pastor? I tell whatever the Bible says and whatever Pastor L.A. says, I do it. And when they don't say do it, then I don't do it. No, our success, our our light, our confidence has to come from something greater than ourselves. It has to come from in here. And that comes from being a doer of the Word of God. I I, I like what James said. Turn back over to James. I like what he says there. He says this. I'm going to keep on reading too because I want you to hear something. He says this. James, first chapter... Verse 22, but be doers of the word of God and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Listen, if you feel like you've been deceived, I got good news for you. It's because you and I haven't been doing the word of God. Everybody in here is a doer, right? Praise and worship's over, right? So you know I'm not... my My phone's locked up. Psalm 100, verse 3, says this. Verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. Are you a doer of the word of God? Well, I just don't, listen to me now. Well, I don't feel like it. David said, I will. He could have said, mm, 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 mm. did y'all sense the anointing in that service this morning? Boy, I'm telling you right now, it was thick. I felt like entering his... I'm not saying there's times that aren't like that. I mean, my God, we all like that. We like when we feel it. Man, it's good. It's thick. I mean, it's thick in here. Last week was thick. I mean, you could have stumbled in here and still fell into worship. You'd be like, oh, what was that? Well, glory to God, what was that? But David said, I will This was the same man that said, I will not give God something that didn't cost me something. This was the same man that beat his chest and said, Lord, I am a wretched man. Save me. This was the same man that the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because no matter what happened in his life, he said, I will. He was a doer of the word of God no matter what his life or what his circumstances was. Anybody can praise God. Anybody can give. Anybody can do that when everything's hunky-dory. But what about when it's not? That's when he says, but be ye doers of the word of God. He started off the very beginning of of the book. Count it all joy. He's not talking about being a doer of the Word of God when everything's right. He's talking about being a doer of the Word of God, counting all joy whenever you fall into various trials of any kind, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. I don't want to. I don't want to. Come on, baby, eat your green beans. Mm-hmm. Let patience have its perfect work. Lord. Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. But I'm going to count it all joy because I know you're doing something in me. That's being a doer of the word. You say, we say, we're doers of the word of God. When's the last time you counted it all joy when you went through hell? Or what felt like hell. Like Papa Bill says, you don't know what hell's like? You're right. You felt like to your limited knowledge, you're going through what could be described and articulated best as. And what do you do? You it all joy or you fussing? I'm stepping on my toes too now. We all, listen, we all, I'm telling you what the Lord's been taking me through. I'm, taking you, I'm telling you what he's taking us through. Are you counting it all joy? Are you a doer of the word of God? Or when the stuff hits the fan, you start barking at everybody in your house? You, you're not following me. Listen to this. Verse twenty six: If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. You and I walk around. There's people out there that walk around and say, "I'm real. I'm saved. I'm believing the glory." Church glory. And they turn right around and they let their mouth run off, and just. Blah, 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 blah. The Bible says that you deceive your own heart and that your religion is useless. Useless. Can I, can I show you something real quick and then we'll come right back? Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to stay right here. Because I'm telling you, this is is the most powerful thing to be a doer of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 24. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things will be. He had just got done talking about the destruction of the temple. (coughs) And they was like, Lord, tell us when this is going to happen. You make it sound like it's going to be tomorrow. And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, what? What did he say? Take heed that no one, what? Now, I can say this without implying, without imputing, without taking away or adding to the Scripture. Okay, so I'm going to present this to you and you judge it. But it sounds to me like that is James chapter 1, verse 26. Be ye doers of the word of God. Because Jesus said, he is the word, he was the word, and is the word. And the word was made to dwell in flesh among them. And he said, take heed, take heed, take heed, lest anyone deceive you. Whose fault will it be if you get deceived? So Jesus comes back and he looks at the apostles and go, Lord, we was deceived. The Lord, whose fault was it? I'm just asking, whose fault was it? See, this is why you know these kind of messages don't make people run through the door because it's holding us accountable to the Word of God, me included. You take the Word of God and you put it right there, and you say, I ain't "You can't say you deceived; you were deceived; you were self-deceived." Because Jesus Himself said, "Take heed." Now, what does that mean? Take heed. It means this, to look to, it means to direct the mind upon, it means to consider. It means to keep your eye upon, and thus by implication, meaning be aware of. So Jesus said, be aware, take heed, keep your mind on this, lest you be deceived. That's our responsibility. And our responsibility is not to keep ourselves from being deceived, our responsibility is to what? And this is good. What's our responsibility? What? To know the word? Obey. To obey the word. Jesus told the disciples, take heed lest anyone deceive you. What is the responsibility of the disciples? Take heed. Be watchful. The Bible says that to elders. The Bible says that in 1 Timothy. He says, beware, lest anyone tempt you with evil deceit and false doctrine. How do you know if it's a false doctrine or not if you don't know the doctrine? Well, it sounds good. Feels good. Is it in there? One of the things the Lord's been taking me on a journey here lately is teaching me about some things. And one of those things, one of the main things He's teaching me is about finances. And the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we've turned that into some religious badge to be broke. Can I tell you something that the Lord told me when I was riding the other day? The Lord told me it's more blessed to give than receive. And I heard a minister preaching on this, and I was thinking about it. And you know how you hear somebody preaching, and then you just zone out. And it's just you and Jesus, but you hear them one, 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 one. But you're just you and Jesus. And I'm just sitting, and I said, "It's more blessed to give than receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive." Well, it's more blessed to give, sister, than to receive. It's more you're more blessed by giving. And the Holy Spirit, it's like a light bulb came on. He said, you can't give what you don't have. I can't give anything if I don't have nothing. If it is more blessed to give than to receive, you and I will never get to the blessed more blessed and you believe, let me tell you something else too, there are degrees of blessing. You can be blessed. And that says you can be more blessed. And the Bible says you can be much more blessed. So there's better, more better, and much more better. But you can't do that. We can't do that if we're not able to do that. So we've turned that into what? So this doctrine that people are saying, well, the Lord wants you, you know, well, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. What have we got to be careful of? The love of money. So now money is the bad thing. None of this is part of my message. This is all free this morning. The love, you got to be careful. You got to love of money. You got to be careful. The love of money, the love of money, the love of money. Sounds to me like the issue is the love, not the money. Sounds to me like that's a heart issue. You love something. Well you love of money, love a money. Well, you could be the love of women. The love of men. The love of glory. Why did Judas... Judas was, was what? The love of money. What was Satan's? It wasn't money. The love of glory. You and I can't take heed to that which we don't take heed to. We can't focus and put our minds on something we don't know. What does the word of the Lord say? It says, but be ye doers of the word of God. You can't do something you don't know. You can't do something you don't know. And I'm going to say this you're not going to know something till you do the something that you already know. No, you're not going to know something new till you do the something that you already know. Well, this is going over like a lead balloon, it feels like. But y'all are with me, right? Second Timothy 3:13. You don't have to turn there for time's sake because we're going to wrap this up in just a minute. I'm landing the plane. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving And being deceived. How are they being deceived? But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of. You must continue in the things you have learned. You must what? Be doers of the word of God that you have learned. Not deceiving yourselves. Knowing from whom you have learned them and from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ wisdom, salvation, prosperity, the ability, the everything that you need in life is wrapped up in not just knowing the Word, but doing it. I know a bunch of people who know the Word. Listen to me. I've known people all my life that have been, they know the Word, but they don't do it. You can know the Word. Satan knows the Word. The demons know the Word. But do they do it? What word has God been saying to you and showing you and revealing to you and me that you have not been doing or, or, or are being tempted not to do it? I'm not saying that in condemnation. I'm saying, do you want to be deceived? Anybody in here want deception in their life? No then I'm asking you again, what word has he been revealing to you that you are either A, not doing, or B, he's tempting you not to do it? Okay. Let me just go on. I'm going to step right on them. You ready? Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. All right, we know that one. Back up just one chapter. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging simple. Are you doing, are we doing the word of God? Well, yes, brother. I speak to that fig tree and I tell it to die. Yeah, but then you turn around and you cuss your brother to somebody else when he's not even in the room. It's okay. Just look straight ahead, and it won't nobody. We won't know what we're all talking about. Love. Listen. I'm just going. We're going. We're going to land a plane right here. Ready? Everybody, say I'm a doer of the Word of God. Love suffers long. heard somebody say one of the top, Remember, we were, I think we said this last week, I can't remember, but if it bears repetition, it's okay. It's like one of the top three reasons why people got married. One of them was to be happy. <laughs> somebody said, if you want to be happy, go to Disney World. If you get married and you think the love is just going to be, mm, mm, how you doing all the time, I take your attention to First Corinthians chapter 13 verse four. "Love suffers long. And is kind. You know, we just we just stop right there. Just underline that, we'll just stop right there because we, we don't need to go any further. Just stop right there and underline that right there. For the rest of the week, just be meditating on that. Are you being kind? Am I being kind? Love suffers long and is kind. Well, you don't know what they said about me. Are you being kind? Because that's the one. Listen, I don't care what you say. What's the Bible say? Well, I want to. Mm. I heard somebody say the other day, and it sounded so good to me, I'm going to repeat it. Somebody said, well, why can't we do, why won't you let us do this? Come to a pastor and say, why don't you let us do this? We want to do this. Why won't you let us do this? He said, I don't get to do what I want to. Why would I get to do what you want to? I don't get to do what I want to do. I want to do what he wants to do. I was talking to Langston on the phone the other day and I said, I swear, I don't want to do anything. I want to. I don't even want to do what I want to do. I want my want to do what I want to do to be what the Lord wants me to do. That's what I want to do. Every day, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Love suffers long and is kind. Are you and I... Now listen, because we're going to take this foundation of being a doer of the Word of God and we may go 18 weeks, we may go the rest of the year and everything, every week we're going to talk about are we doing what the Word of God says? Because you wouldn't want to be deceived. Well, you know, I don't like that. Well, join the club. We got t-shirts and badges and bumper stickers and a Facebook account called Christians Who Don't Like Certain Things. Hashtag, I don't like it. Hashtag, I do it anyway. We don't get to do what Jesus himself, Jesus, the head of the church. Everybody say Jesus, the master. On the garden of Gethsemane said, Lord, if there be any other way. He didn't get to do what he wanted to do, but he forced his want-to to be the want-to of what the Lord wanted him to do, and he gave himself willingly. Anyone who seeks to save his life must first lose it. Galatians 6, three. For if any man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Vain. Useless religion. Well, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I'm this. But then we're not doing the word of God. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that we're not saved and that you're going to hell. No, Lord Jesus. I mean, that's so. that doctrine. Let me tell you something. Well, you know, if you cuss somebody, you can be saved for 40 years. And you cuss somebody, and get mad, you get run over by a dump truck, you die, you're going to hell. Is that or is that not scriptural? Well, you know, if a if a if a person desires the position of a bishop, he must be blameless and the husband of one wife. So you're telling me that a divorced person can never who's been remarried can never be a bishop? See, I got your wheels turning now. You're like, "Hmm. Why don't you go to the word of God and find out?" Why don't you do this the next time somebody, me included, tells you something that the Word of God says or preaches a message about something in the Word, why don't you go to the Word and find it out for yourself? Well, you know, it's the Lord's will for us to be broke. Really? Is that truth or false? What's the Word say? What does the Bible say? What does the Word say? Well, you know, he, He chooses, listen to me, because these things are subtle. Well, you know, the Lord just didn't choose to heal that person. Is that truth? You see where I'm going with this? I mean, the Lord's setting us up. We're going to be doers and not hearers only. Well, we got to know what we need to do so that we won't just be hearers of the stuff we, don't, we, we need to do. Stand with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to stop right there. Everybody say, I'm a doer doer. of the Word of God. Listen, I'm telling you, you, this is one of those messages, okay, this is one of those series of messages that won't necessarily make you feel all warm and fuzzy. It won't. But what it will do is you'll see the fruit of this word if you apply it in your life. You'll see the fruit tomorrow. You may see the fruit this afternoon. Because what we're doing is we're reconditioning ourselves. Listen, I don't want to do anything that the word of God doesn't tell me to do. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to walk around in self-deception. I walked around for... For years in self-deception about some things concerning the Word of God, until the Lord came and He said, you know better than that. You know what the Word said. This was years and years and years and years and years ago. You know. Now, because of, uh, you you know, you expect certain things out of your children as they grow. Now that I've grown in the Lord, the Lord will look at me. The Lord will say to me, are you sure that's true? a feeling or, 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 listen, I'm telling you, dealing with what some of the things the Lord's taken me through this route, I'll be walking down the road and I'll be thinking about something and the Holy Spirit, like he's sitting right next to me and goes, now is that truth? And I'll go, no, that ain't true. It's all right, we'll roll the window down and throw that out too. Me riding and all of a sudden something else will come up and he'll say that again. Listen to me. Everybody say, I'm going to be a doer of the Word of God. I'm going to be a doer of the Word of God. Amen.